So today is Palm Sunday. What a great day it is. And, and a Palm Sunday is, is, is it's, it's a beautiful day in the life of the church. But people, sometimes they don't fully understand, what is this day about, right? And, and just so you know, it's the, it's the day we celebrate the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. When, when Jesus finally makes his way to be and do all that God had sent him to earth to do. And um, on, on this day, it, it commemorates uh, who Jesus is and, and the work that he came to do. And we're going to look at the many different uh, messages of Palm Sunday. Um, but Palm Sunday really starts Holy Week for us. And again, we want to invite you to be a part of our Holy Week services um, especially Good Friday, and we'll be right back here on Good Friday at 6.30, and then um, please, please, please join us next Sunday at Easter Sunday. And, and on a Good Friday service, th- there's lots of messages that can come from it. The, uh, the, the symbolism of the palm branches and what they mean, that's, that's a great service if we were to look in deeply into that. Another one is the fulfillment of prophecy that Jesus came riding in on a donkey and what that meant. And that's a great message. And even the shouts of Hosanna. We're going to talk a little bit about today. But today, what I really wanted to just take a moment to talk about was about the, uh, the expectations of Jesus. Because there's a great message about what people expected of Jesus and, and maybe a better way to look at this is what were the missed expectations of Jesus? Have you ever, have you ever had a missed expectations or hopes of something that, that didn't come to be? I'm sure we all, all, all have experiences like that where we had expectations that were missed. You know, a lot of that comes for um, people who enjoy sports. You know, you, you, you like a certain team like the Padres and, and you hope that they go to the World Series, but oftentimes we fall to missed expectations there. <laughs> Today is the Masters. I'm, I'm a golf enthusiast, and I have who I want to win, and, and we'll see what happens, right? In sports, it happens all the time. But, but missed expectations happen all throughout life as well, too. And when you have missed expectations... Oftentimes, following those missed expectations come feelings of disappointment. And when those disappointments linger, it becomes frustration, right? When, when your expectations don't come to pass. And, and frustration often leads to anger. And you know, in the worst case scenario, anger sometimes turns to violence and, and violence to death. And, and that's a part of the story that we're going to talk about today. But I want to share a story from my own life about missed expectations, and I think it's kind of fun. Um, as a young father, I, I had some expectations or maybe hopes for my two young daughters. And um, a, a part of my hopes for them was that one day they, they would grow up to embody my, my passion of golf. I, I'm a golf enthusiast, and, and I thought, man, it would be so fun to teach my daughters, you know, golf at a young and early age. So one of them, I have two daughters, one of them can take it up, and maybe, just maybe, they could grow up to be a professional PGA Tour player, and, and I could li- vicariously live my life through one of them. This, this, this hope 
manifested itself in some ways that my youngest daughter's name is Annika. And if you know anything about golf, right, there's a famous woman's golfer at the time. Her name was Annika Sorenstam. But, uh, but really, that name Annika came because uh, Annika is a, a Russian derivative of Hannah, which means the grace of God. And you don't know this, but I'm Russian. No, I'm not. <laughs> and so, I, when, when my kids were younger, I, I had these hopes of them. And, and so, I, I bought these cute little putters, um, like, like, like I have my own one here, for them. And... and, and I wanted to teach them how to golf, and so I, I dressed them all up, and uh, and I said, "Hey, girls, we're gonna we're gonna go to the golf course. I'm gonna teach you to how to putt, you know." And and I hyped it up really fun for them, and and then I took them to um, Pearl Country Club. If you've been to Hawaii, uh, Pearl Country Club is is a nice course, and they got great practice facilities, and um, so that's why we went there, and it's kind of in the Pearl Ridge area. And so I took a picture of my girls that day, and, and here, here's the pictures of them when they were little. And uh, they, they weren't too much different uh, in age of the, our kids that we're singing here today. And so I thought I'd, I'd give them the basics of golf. So for the first two hours, I taught them about grip. <laughs> I just basically taught them about, you know, gripping the club well, their stance, head position, reading the greens, you know. Um, what I didn't teach them was golf etiquette, right? And so I brought the two girls to, to, to the putting green. And because there were two of them, I said, okay, Annika, you stay there. I'm going to just show Brianne, you know, how to hit a few putts. I dropped the ball. And then there was a hole right there. And I just said, just hit the ball in the hole. You know, we're making it fun. And, and just out of the corner of my eye, I see Annika skipping around. And, and, you know, I mean, she, she's young and, and, and she was skipping and I thought that was fine. But what wasn't fine was she was twirling her golf club like this while she was skipping. And all of a sudden, boom, she took a huge divot out of the green. And that's a nice course. And so that's what a divot looks like. Not the one that she took out, but it wasn't too bad. And, and I saw this chunk of grass go flying past my head like, what is that? And I see Annika, you know, ha, 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 she's just having a great time skipping. So I run over to her, I grab that piece of grass and I put it back in and I stomp it down. I said, Annika, we can't do that here. And I drop a ball and I try to teach Annika and I'm two or three minutes doing that. And I turn around and I look at Brienne. And you know what Brienne's doing? She is enjoying the day so much. She dropped her golf club, laid down on the green with her hands behind her head, sunning herself, right? Now, granted, it was a beautiful day. And, but when I caught wind of that, I was like, oh my goodness. And Annika, she's still, and then from far in the distance, I see two course marshals. They're the people who keep everyone in check, walking my way. So I grab Annika and I grab Brianne and we head back to the car. And my hopes and dreams of my daughters <laughs> becoming LPGA tour players are still on the green at Pro Country Club. <laughs> I share that fun story with you. Because it, it kind of comes in line with expectations and hopes and dreams that, that we have, or maybe that the people had, of Jesus as he came onto the scene on that Palm Sunday. And, um, and what, what I want to do was uh, just share with you from God, John chapter 12, 
this story of Palm Sunday. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to John chapter 12. We'll have this scripture up here as well, too. But what I want to do was I want to give you a little bit of context so you understand what's happening and the expectations that were placed on Jesus that day. So today, my message is on missed expectations. And and, then, so that you understand the context, in John chapter 11, Jesus was serving in ministry, and and he was told that one of his friends, Lazarus, had died. And they said, Master, would you please come? But, But he didn't go right away, and it took about four days before he got there. And when he got there, Lazarus was already in the tomb, and people said, you, you, you're, you're too late. Lazarus had died. But Jesus performed a miracle before Easter of resurrecting alive and brought Lazarus back to life. It was an amazing story. And the people obviously were blown away and amazed at what Jesus did. This was a bona fide miracle. But Jesus from the beginning of his ministry, had performed many miracles that people had seen. Early on, he turned water into wine at a wedding, and many people said, Amen! (laughs) And he also fed 5,000 people with just a few loaves and some fishes. He healed people of diseases and and made the blind see. All these amazing things. And, and, And then he taught like no one else taught before. And the most amazing thing now is he brought someone back from the dead. The buzz around Jesus was huge. And all of the people, uh, 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 the Jewish people, were waiting for a Messiah to come. As Kelly so beautifully said, they were sick and tired of being ruled by Rome and under the thumb of Rome and obeying Rome's rules. And they wanted to be free. They didn't like being second-class citizens anymore. And so, here's this prophet. Here's this Jesus. Here's our Messiah. So that's the context that's happening. And in John chapter 12, it begins with Jesus at a dinner party that was thrown in his honor. And Lazarus was there, the guy he raised from the grave. And also, Mary and Martha, Lazarus' sisters. And, and, and people from all over went to Bethany where they were at at this dinner. Excited to see Lazarus who came back from the dead. But more excited to see this Jesus. Could he be the Messiah? Could he be the one that was going to lead us out of this misery that we've been living in under the thumb and the rule of Rome? And so word gets out that he's on his way to Jerusalem. And this is what happens in John chapter 12, beginning at verse 12. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. And they took palm branches, just like our kids had. And they went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it was written, and this was prophecy. Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, 
Your king is coming, seated on a donkey's coat. And at first, the disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Wow. So the expectations were pretty clear of what the people wanted to see in Jesus. They wanted him to be their Messiah, right? They wanted to be free. That's why they were shouting Hosanna. Now, we don't shout Hosanna on a normal basis, right? That's not a part of our daily vocabulary. But so you know, Hosanna means save us and save us now. That's what they were shouting as they were waving the palm branches saying, Hosanna, save us, save us now, blessed King of Israel. So they, they, they anointed him as king. They are excited about who he is and what he was coming to do. The Jews wanted Jesus to start a political revolution. To start a, a, a political revolution that would free them from the rule and the reign of the Roman Empire. But that's not what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to start a revolution for sure. But a revolution in our hearts. A spiritual revolution to reconcile people back to God. That's what Jesus came to do. And the, the two expectations of what God expected of Jesus and what the people expected of Jesus came crashing together. And as it turned out, Jesus terribly missed the expectations of the Jews. And as he marched in that day, as they were hailing him to be their Messiah, they had such high hopes. And you know when your hopes are dashed? It's kind of disappointing. If, if your hopes aren't that big or... Like for me, my, my daughters didn't grow up to be an LPGA tour player. That's okay. But when you're basing your entire life and the freedoms that you so desperately want, those disappointments turn into frustration. And that frustration was dwell, welling up all throughout Holy Week. And it came to a head. When Jesus was arrested and all of the Jewish priests had the crowd turn against Jesus and instead of releasing a criminal Barabbas, they had everyone shout, crucify him. And that's when frustration turned violent. And that violence led to the death of Jesus. Whew, thankfully, as our kids taught us, and that we will talk about next Sunday, that's not the end of the story, right? There's a greater story to be told. And, and if you come next Sunday, we'll, we'll, we'll complete this story. But isn't it amazing that as we read this passage of Scripture, in, ver, in, chap, in verse 6, that the disciples of Jesus... The very closest people to Jesus that spent three years walking al alongside him, listening to him teach, 
watching every single miracle that he performed. They didn't even understand what Jesus was there for. It says right here, at first the disciples didn't understand all of this. They were going along with the crowd. They were the ones shouting, Hosanna! Yes, Jesus is going to finally do it! We're going to finally be free! They didn't understand it. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Three years together with Jesus. Close people with Jesus. His disciples had misunderstood what Jesus was there for and had different expectations than what Jesus came to do. And that got me thinking, (laughs) could it be that maybe we sometimes do the same thing? That, That we place expectations on Jesus of who we want Him to be for us. And sometimes, maybe when we do that, we miss the mark of who Jesus truly came to be. What's your expectations of Jesus? Could it be that we expect Jesus to be our great healer, which he is, and so that when people that we care for and love are not well and they're ill, that we would ask the Lord, would you heal? We pray with great faith, believing that he could and he would. And sometimes he does. It's beautiful. Is Jesus our great healer? Yeah, he is. He sure is. He healed many. Sometimes we pray for blessing and favor. Right? That's one of my favorite prayers. Father, I pray for your favor on this. But is that what Jesus came to do? Provide favor for us? And his blessing? Now, Jesus blessed many. He blessed the children that came to him. Right? We often (laughs) pray for the perfect job. Buying the right car. (laughs) finding the perfect spouse. We pray for all kinds of things. Placing our hopes and our expectations on Jesus. And Jesus can probably do all that we ask of him, just like Jesus could have overthrew Rome if he wanted to. But can I tell you that's not why Jesus came? And that's not what he came to do. My sermon today is very, very, very simple. Today, will we allow Jesus to be who he came to be? That our hopes and expectations of Jesus would be simply set on who Jesus came to be and what he came to do for us. And I think that if we allow that to happen, the fulfillment of our lives would grow great because when expectations meet reality, there's great harmony and peace there. It's when expectations miss the reality of what happens is when disappointment and frustration come in. And so today, I'm going to remind you of who Jesus came to be. In fact, the passage of Scripture I want to share with you came as Jesus was coming into the world. The angels made a great announcement of who Jesus came to be in Luke chapter 2, verse 11. Today, it says, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. 
church, today, if we simply allow Jesus to be our Savior and Messiah and Lord and allow our expectations to live into this as opposed to what we want Jesus to be and to make Jesus fit into our own desires and our expectations of Him. If we allow our expectations to be of what Jesus came to be, then I I sincerely believe that the disappointment and frustration that we feel with God, with the church, with all of these things in our spiritual lives would be made better and complete. Allow Jesus to be your Savior. He came to redeem people back into a relationship with God. Being our Savior means that He saves us from our sin. Jesus is here to forgive us. And our children sang beautifully of that. To be our Messiah not only means that He is forgiving us of our sins, but He frees us from the bondage of sin. That's why they were calling out for Jesus. They were looking for the Messiah, the Jews were, to free them from the bondage to the Romans. But Jesus came not to do that. He came to be our Messiah, to free us from the bondage of sin. That's what Jesus came to do. And then as Lord, where we can surrender completely to who Jesus is, that our lives may be, I would say this, complete, in that we begin to live our lives according to what God's will is. So today, on Palm Sunday, would you pray? Would you pray? To allow Jesus to be your Savior, to be your Messiah, and to be your Lord. Because that is who He came to be. Would you bow your heads with me today? Father in Heaven, simple message today. A simple message of understanding the expectations of who your Son that you sent to earth came to be. To be our Savior, our Messiah, And our Lord, and earlier we sang that song, Hosanna. You are the God who saves us, who are worthy of all our praises. Hosanna, Hosanna, come have your way among us. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus. Sometimes we think, dear Lord, that we don't need saving anymore. But we're wrong. We need need salvation. We need your salvation, Lord. Help us to cry out to you today. Hosanna, save us, Lord. Help us to make room in our hearts for you, especially in this age that we live in. We all need that. And help us, Lord God, to see your way ahead for us. To free us, Lord God from the bondages of what this world has on us, the tight grip that this world has on so many. Lord, we pray for your hand to loosen that grip and instead, Lord, you lead us. And that's where we call upon you to be our Lord. We accept you, Jesus, into our hearts today. And we thank you for being our Savior, our Messiah, and our Lord. In John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, Yet to all who receive him, 
to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And I, I look back on our children and their faith in you today and all that they sang. May that be our faith, a pure faith, innocent and complete. Help us to believe, Lord God, and to live and to know that you are here with us. As we move into Holy Week, be with us, we ask. In your name we pray. Amen.